The following contest is scheduled for one fall! I've seen that man before, that's Randy Phil. The other one's some kind of half-man, half-monkey. It's a massive duplex and not one dragon in sight. Hello, you beautiful sweaty marks out there. I'm Mikey Mack. This is episode 18 of Snapdragon Duplex. Randy Phil is at work out in the cold, harsh North Sea. And we've got him live pre-recorded. So I will jump you over to Randy Phil. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are back again with another Snapdragon Duplex. And this for me is the night before WrestleMania, so I have no idea what's happened yet. But I'm guessing this episode will be up after WrestleMania. Yes. So I hope whoever's watched it, hope you had a good two nights. What was your favourite night, Mikey? If you've already watched it, night one or night two? Probably night one. What was your big match of the night? Sasha v Bianca. I have got high hopes for The Fiend and Randy Orton. Stinker. Hopefully that's not let me down. It's a stinker. But getting back to it, we've got some catching up to do with AEW. We were a bit busy and missed last week's, so yes. we had last week, which was March the 31st. Mm-hmm. I'll run through that one very quick and see what you've got to say about it afterwards, Mikey. Yeah. So first match, we had the Christian Cage versus Mankey Frankie Kazarian. <laughs> it was a good match. Good match for the two guys who are like towards the end of their careers, mm-hmm. easy to say. And the match nearly went the full fucking 20 minutes, nearly went the time limit. It looked rough at a couple of spots, but you can understand why. Maybe some ring rust for Christian. But he proved himself. He's outworked Frankie, at least anyway, and he's making his way up the rankings. So that was a decent match. Yeah. Then we had a weird, weird promo with Darby Allen, Mm -hmm. and he's calling out Matt Hardy as a carny, he's a sellout. And Darby Allen was challenging him by the sounds of things. Which is stupid because before he fights Matt Hardy, he has an open challenge match defending the TNT title against JD Drake. Yes. We'll get to that later. But he's just shitting on JD Drake. You're saying, <laughs> you mean fuck all to me, I'll take Matt Hardy on the week later. Whatever. <sighs> then we had the Cody and QT Marshall match. Yeah. And I wasn't expecting that many guys to turn. I thought it was just got to be QT Marshall fucking off on his own, but he's got his own young boys, yeah. and he is making his own factory, the cutie factory. Cuties, cuties. So when cutie and his boys turned, they brutalised the Nightmare family, or factory, whatever they're going as. Yeah. And I note here is, whenever Dustin is involved, man, he is not shy of blading at all. No. And the way that he does the face paint on one half and blood streaming down <laughs> his non-painted side. It is just... It's all about visuals. It just looks fucking... Yeah. It looks ugly, but at the same time, it looks cool as fuck. Yeah. And that's just something that you don't think about whenever you're thinking about wrestling, but he's got... He's just on another level when it comes to psychology and stuff. Mm-hmm. And Dustin is just an absolute gem. I hope he's got another, like, three to five years left part-time. Yeah. What did you think of the the turn of QT and his homies? Were you expecting that many to fuck off, Mikey? Uh, honestly, no. No, I just thought it was going to be him. But I'm here for QT's cuties. Uh, next, we had MJF. He was advertised to be given a gift to the Pinnacle. 
it turns out it was a fucking stylist. That is a shite gift. Like, next year, <laughs> give them a card with money in it or vouchers or something. Getting a stylist as a gift is like when your mum would come back during the summer, she's like, oh, I got you a present and it was a new school uniform for the next year. <laughs> it is a shite gift. <laughs> like, it was a fucking... A stylist? Nah. So... Turns out fucking I was wrong when I said I was wrong and Matt Hardy wasn't getting any of his money until the 1st April. So this is just a correction of my correction and I'm glad that Matt Hardy is now getting his full money so that he can pay for his wife and many kids and the other kid that's on her way. Yeah. He he needs to find another hobby or something. Get him more matches. Take up woodwork. And the arcade anarchy. If you're wanting to fire through this, Mikey, you have your time with Arcade Anarchy. I'm just going to say, this match was the tits. We got so much good shit from it. But um, if you don't mention the fact that Sue came back or the Lego spot, I might break your legs. (laughs) Okay, I'll run through it then. Miro is looking fucking jacked when he's got his t-shirt off, man. It's fucking mad. He's in the best shape he's been in for fucking years. And Jesus wept, Where Is My Mind, as an entrance theme, is fucking amazing. Tony Khan, you fucking beautiful shagger. So, I've seen a comment on Reddit about it as well, saying that Tony Khan uh, has been a typical wrestling booker. He's spent more money on a theme song for them than Chuck Taylor's entire salary. So, that's quite funny. Uh, I really liked the whack-a-mole spot they were doing with the mallet. He was lying on the fucking whack-a-mole and he started whacking him with the wee mallet thing. That was hilarious. The wall of prizes and it was just full of the good old-fashioned foreign objects. Uh, your kendo sticks, your chairs, you know, all the usual shite. Um, and the spot where the best friends, they were taking turns smacking Miro with a bin lid and a kendo stick to just slowly wear him down. It's so good, man. You're building him up as this absolute monster that you just need to fucking keep chopping and chopping and chopping until he slowly goes down. So it made him look awesome. It made them look, made the good guys look clever. We've got nothing bad to say about that. The teddy bear they pull off the prizes, and here we go. It's you. You were going to kill me if I didn't say it. The teddy bear's full of Lego or Legos, as they say. Which I don't. I mean, that's a fucking city in Nigeria, man. Get your fucking facts straight. Uh, it was absolutely ridiculous in the best possible way. I love silly wrestling, as fans of the show will know. And honestly, though, I would much rather watch a nasty Lego spot than anything to do with fucking thumbtacks. They give me the book. But anyway, the Legos would be just as sore, but at least it's not going to fucking break the skin. You know what I mean? Chris Statlander... Pops back as well. She's back from fucking Planet Zog or the local medical facility or wherever the fuck she was. And she slams Penelope Ford through an air hockey table, which is pretty cool. Trent's back. Sue's back in the lovely Honda Accord. And you called it, mate. Trent's back. Miro picks up a Mortal Kombat 2 machine, which is so fucking fake. Very obviously a cardboard box. Like, there's no game inside that at all. And he launches it at Trent. Trent ends up throwing Miro into a table. And then Big Charles himself power slams Kip off the stage through a table for the 1-2-3. And the Pixies are playing. They're all standing on top of the ropes. 
and it's like it's the perfect emotion for yeah they win the feud and it's believable that they've won the feud which I never thought was going to be believable I always thought like because Miro's such a monster it had to be Miro who wins but no it's believable they win so I'm fucking buzzing with that I absolutely love this match uh, Chris Statlander's in for a cuddle as well it's good to see her back I mean I've shat on her gimmick a lot but um, when I saw her with the best friends I was like you know what I've got time for her I've got time for her and it was nice to see the goodies win. Uh, we've usually finish out a show with a fucking stramash and no one really knows what's going on. And to just have it end with a fucking decisive victory for the good guys as they celebrate their win. It was such a breath of fresh air, man. And I really start hoping they just finish it on a fucking win. Now and again, it's just great to see. And it was nice to see the end of a storyline. So... Yeah, for me, the show, the show the week before was pretty shit, and this one was a swift reminder of why I love AEW. Uh, it was really entertaining backstage segments, ridiculous one-off gimmick matches, absolute fucking carnage. Wrestlers living their gimmick, huge spots. Great dynamite, man. Really enjoyed it. Really, really enjoyed it. The only thing I'm going to point out about the fucking match was that they had a ticket system for the weapons and it meant absolutely nothing. <laughs> they just went and took whatever the fuck they wanted. They didn't respect the ticket system. So next time I'm at the arcade, I'm just going to walk up and take whatever I want off the fucking wall and see if I can get away with it. But I'm not as big as Miro and I'm not as cool as Orange Cassidy. No, so I'll no, probably just get a lifetime things. ban. <laughs> right, so Mikey, what, what were your thoughts on last week's AEW? Shit you liked, shit you didn't like. Probably the stylist. Hey, what? See if your missus said, "Right, Mikey, I've got a present for you," and it was a stylist. <laughs> My question for you is: What date and that would you go on? Would it be plenty of fish or would it be Tinder? <laughs> Man, I just can't imagine coming home and it's like I've got your present. It's a stylist because your style is shit. You dress bad. Do you know I mean that? That's all that's saying is like it's like. It's like if someone was like, oh, I bought you a present for no reason, and it was deodorant. You know what they're saying, don't you? They're saying you fucking stink. What about the whole QT, Marshall and Cody? What side are you on? Are you the Nightmare family with Cody and the cunts, or are you with QT and the boys in the cutie factory? Cuties, cuties, all day, fuck Cody. I want to be with QT, but if Cody Rhodes has got Billy Gunn in the gun club... I'm all about Billy Gunn. You are an Do you have man. a match of the night? What was your big highlight match of the night? Mate, it's got to be the arcade. Uh, fucking anarchy. The arcade anarchy. That's the match of the night. It was fucking great. There was a lot of really fun stuff as well. I mean, I really loved the backstage segment. We had MJF and bitches backstage in the Inner Circle's dressing room and the Inner Circle kind of pop out of nowhere like fucking... And all like fucking Freddy Krueger just popping out the walls and then just like batting them all in a really funny way, and I really enjoyed that. So yeah, it's either that backstage segment, but for the actual match, best match of the night was the Anarchy, the Arcade Anarchy. I need to get to Arcade Anarchy hands down, just because we got that theme song from the best friends, and it was the Pixies. Absolutely. Just love that tune. We got it twice. What about a pop in the night? You got any pop in the night that you just couldn't control yourself over there was a few but big one for me was definitely Trent Barretta coming back 
he is just, you don't think he's as big as he is, but when you see him up there with Miro and that, you're like, ah, he's a fair old fucking size, boy. and he is a he's shagger. A big boy. So that was the March 31st episode of yes. Dynamite. Let's let's kick off this week's. Yeah, so that was uh, the 31st of May's Dynamite, and that has caught up. we just done that as fast as we could. Um, 7th of April's Dynamite, last week's Dynamite, we're going to jump into that now. Right, okay, so the show kicks off. You've got the Inner Circle showing up like the fucking Power Rangers coming in their own wee fucking... Ugh, it was just daft as fuck. But it's the Inner Circle, what do you expect? Uh, we also had the commentators telling us that Mike Tyson's going to be here tonight. You know, Mike Tyson who had a fucking semi-feud with Chris Jericho a while ago. So you're thinking, oh, is he going to fight again? Spoiler alert, no, they're not. So anyway, uh, first match of the night... My boy, Hangman Adam Page versus my boy, Max Caster of the Acclaimed. Oh, man, I just love both of these guys' entrances. I mean, Adam Page comes out. He's a fucking superstar, man. He should have the belt. He should have the belt. I don't care. I shouldn't be saying this now, but I don't give a fuck. He should have a belt. It's my podcast. I'll do what the fuck I want. Uh, Max Caster comes out with his rapping stuff, dropping fucking pop culture references like the fucking hot. Anyway, this was a great match. Uh, two guys I really like, uh, I knew I was going to be pleased, Adam Page is a superstar, the commentary team are just really bumming him up man, they're really going on and driving home the fact that he's the number one contender for the AEW title, they keep driving that home and that is important because I think we're moving into a fucking, moving off the Moxley thing soon, I fucking hope we are, right, love Moxley but you need to take a step back mate, right, so this is going to be that Kenny Hangman Page slow build to that feud, getting that feud back. And I don't know what they're going to do with the Bullet Club side of that, but it's going to be interesting, right? It's going to be interesting shit. Max Caster always puts in a fucking session and all, man. He really does. He's great. He's so young as well. You're just like, he's got a lot ahead of him. And I'm happy about that. So Adam Page wins again. He's already number one contender. So what's, what's happening here? Why are they just throwing them in match after match? It's too soon to go for the belt, isn't it? There's too much going on with what's happening with the Elite. Kenny Omega's in the middle of all that shit. Is Adam Page still mincing about with the Dark Order? <laughs> They're tied up with Matt Hardy. So I think it's a way down the line. You'll get Adam Page in the Dark Order maybe taking on the Elite. But uh, it's just too soon for all of that now. I think so. But how do they get around Adam Page being the number one contender? Or do they just do they give him the title match and just bury him? Nah. Bury him? Nah. Surely not. If you got any ideas on how they work this, Mikey, who is the next challenger? <clears throat> is it Adam Page? Or do they go in another angle and come back to him later? What are your thoughts? You need to make it need to make a slow build, I think. I I don't think you can just steamroll into that. Just like I don't think you can steamroll away from what they're doing like we see late in the show with the bullet club stuff and i don't know but they need a foil to it it's like moxley you can't have moxley versus kenny for like fucking four years i mean you just just can't be doing it it's been going on since what the second pay-per-view they ever did so i mean it's good and don't get me wrong i love both the lads but give them someone else to do man Give them something else to do, but I I, I know it's going to be a Moxley thing for a while, and that's how they're going to keep uh, Hangman away. And I guess you just got to give Hangman something else to do in the meantime. But I think the plan 
going forward has to be the Adam Page Kenny Omega match, which is the one everyone wants to see. That's the money match. But yeah, I think you're right. I think it is a bit too soon. Slow build it. But who am I? Who am I? Just some fucking sweaty mark with a microphone. Okay, so there's a wee segment here. You've got the best friends come out uh, the to the Pixies. You've got Death Triangle out. Looks like these guys are going to go into a feud, and that's going to be fucking great, man. Like, it's two of the best tag teams in the world, really. I mean, you've got three of the best workers in the world in Death Triangle. You've got a quality gimmick that really, really solidified itself with the arcade anarchy that we talked about. So, man, I'm just fucking, I just can't wait. Can't wait for this. This is going to be fucking great. And we already know that Pac and Orange Cassidy have amazing chemistry from that match they had where fucking Orange Cassidy made Pac... Let me try that again. Easy for me to fucking say. Made Pac laugh. Made Pac laugh in the middle of the ring. Quality. So yeah, happy to see this. And that leads us into another Inner Circle segment. And uh, they're in the ring and it's kind of like they're doing it over the fucking... You know, the picture-in-picture picture shit. So, we're watching on Fight TV, so we get the fucking full-screen thing. And they're doing... Sammy's doing his card gimmick again, where he's holding up the fucking cue cards and dropping them as he goes. But halfway through, Chris Jericho goes, Yeah, can you guys even fucking see this? And everyone's like, No! And, they, and then at that point, you look up and you realise, This isn't on the screen. So... Only the people at home being able to see it. That's why the crowd haven't reacted once. Jericho starts making a joke saying, oh, it's really funny, you should laugh. And that makes the crowd laugh. And then you hear him saying like, right, we're going to go to commercial break. So when we come back, we want you to start chanting inner circle, inner circle. So we sound really popular. And I'm so glad that he said that before the fucking advert break. Because for some reason, him being that goofy and daft really endears him to me. So I... It just makes them these goofy faces again, which I really like. Um, and then, yeah, the big news of all this shit is that Inner Circle have challenged MJF and Bitches, the pinnacle, to a blood and guts match, and we both called this. And all I can say is, Tony, if you, we're both available for jobs. We're both available. I will drop. I will drop my life. I'll drop it now, man. I mean it. Hit us up. Your t-shirt's in the mail. Right, do you believe me now about the hate, the face tunnel in the heel tunnel? The inner circle definitely came out the face tunnel and I noticed that straight away. And Jericho's just loving the crowd again. But also, blood and guts, man. We are getting blood and guts on May the 5th. Are you buzzing? Mm-hmm. I would be buzzing, but I'm an absolute idiot. And I have taken extra shifts on at work for that week, so I'm <laughs> going to miss blood and guts live. But I thought... That's a bit soon for blood and guts with these guys. That's only like three or four weeks away. I wanted a bit more of all stromage wrestling with these ten guys, twelve guys, however many it is. I don't know, that's far too many. I've not got enough fingers to count how many guys are in the <laughs> ring at one time. Plus now you've got Mike Tyson involved. But I'm just thinking, see whoever loses the blood and guts match, they're going to be the shite stable and they'll break up soon after it. Yeah. And I can't see the pinnacle losing that and breaking up so soon. No, I can't either. And if the inner circle lose and they break up, I'm not ready for them to break up now. They've just became face. But is that a good time for them to break up and all the guys spread off and do their own thing? 
do you think this could be Chris Jericho's contract coming up? And this is what they'll do. They'll break up the inner circle. You'll get Sammy as a face. Proud and powerful as faces. And Jake Hager doing whatever Jake Hager does. Goes after championships, I guess. I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I hope we get much more of the inner circle and more of the pinnacle. But who's your money on for blood and guts? I'm taking pinnacle. Yeah, man, I'm taking the pinnacle as well. And now that you've said it, you've reminded me. The fucking contract is up soon. And I mean, we know the door's open for WWE. Cough, cough, broken skull sessions. But I mean, like, Jericho's going to finish his career at WWE. We know that. We know he's coming to the end of his career. So yeah, maybe this is his last fucking hoorah. Maybe this, this blood and guts thing is like, I'll give you the blood and guts match. I'll put my fucking all into it. I'll blade for you boys. And then see what happens. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, maybe he's going to go back to WWE. Hall of Fame. One last run. That makes me a bit sad. Anyway, yeah. I think the Pinnacle are going to win. So Christian proved that he's outworking everyone and working his way to the top. Then Taz comes and asks him if he wants to join Team Taz. Mm-hmm. And that is perhaps the stupidest question you will get asked this week on Dynamite. <laughs> Team Taz lost their big profile match in that street fight. The only champion that they've got in the fucking stable is Brian Cage. Yeah. And you had to make up a belt to give it to him. <laughs> and even then, he's not happy and he's wanting to leave the fucking group. And mm-hmm. you're trying to get more guys in. Focus on who you've got first. So will Christian join? No. No. Will he fuck? Absolutely not. Then then just fast forward to like next week when Christian's joined Team Taz and I look like a dick. <laughs> Up next we had the Godzilla and King Kong match. What the hell happened? It just seemed like a regular tag team match to me. Yeah. So I was disappointed and I lost interest because I was expecting something cool to happen. But it was just a standard tag match between a jungle boy, a dinosaur and two bears. Yeah. There was no Godzilla. <laughs> or King Kong there's no monkeys what, you got anything for the match Mikey what are you saying mate I totally agree man it's like how can you call it a Godzilla versus King Kong match when you've got one dinosaur and no fucking gorillas King Kong is not a bear I can't believe I had to tell people King Kong is not a fucking bear you know the massive fucking infamous gorilla that climbed Empire State Building yeah he's not a bear by the way just so you know stupid so anyway here's a mad fact for you uh, one of the Bears, Bear Bronson, was actually 24-7 champion in WWE for a very short time. Do you remember when Santa won the belt? Well, he was Santa, so there you go. Um, the match was alright. I wasn't expecting much from the Bears, but they did alright. I mean, I've not got much else to say. Forgettable, but not terrible. So then you've got QT Marshall. Uh, QT's cuties. QT's cuties are getting the hype train. Uh, and at one point they try and throw the paint all over the Nightmare Factory logo and they fucking miss it and they actually just make the logo look better so cheers cutie you've improved the place you're trying to destroy so cutie Marshall cut his promo and the only thing of interest that came out of it was that he told Cody to keep the shit logo off his wall <laughs> and keep it on Cody's neck <laughs> because cutie Marshall has got his own factory the cutie factory and they're going to make some big boys big boys right so we've got a weekly fucking chat between Tony the Shagger and Sting and does anybody want to fucking see this well that's the point of today's fucking meeting so Jake the Snake pops out voice of the people he's had a haircut he's looking good man he's looking fresh 
Uh, he pops out, he starts giving the whole, hey, Stanger. And fucking Archer pops out, like, fucking shut up, Jake, it's my turn to talk. And he comes in, does the whole work to shoot pipe bomb in inverted commas style promo where he's like oh, I came to this company I'm getting fuck all chances I was in the main event for five minutes and then where the fuck am I now and then Sting loses it and goes I fucking agree with you what the, what the fuck's happened you you deserve to be getting the main event Jake you're fucking this up man you're fucking holding them back what you doing what you doing Jake what you doing I'm like don't fucking do that to Jake man the man's been through enough the man's been through enough but anyway it's starting to look like we're going to get a Sting versus Jake the Snake angle in fucking 2021, maybe? I don't know. But I think we're going to get an Archer-Sting collaboration of some sort to try and get Archer up the fucking card. I'm happy with that, man. He fuck. I mean, I've fawned over him. We've both fawned over him. He's fucking excellent in the ring. And I actually prefer him as a face, so hopefully Sting gets him back in that train and we go from there. And then we've got Darby Allen versus who the fuck is J.D. Drake. And turns out J.D. Drake is actually B-Dolph's mate. So B-Dolph's out and about doing his usual fucking slimy, fake tan heel bullshit. And J.D. Drake did alright in this match, actually. I was quite surprised. He needs new ring gear, man. Like, that fucking singlet thing, it doesn't get anyone over, does it? I think you can only wear singlets like that if you're... A wrestler like Chad Gable, Kurt Angle, your fucking like real wrestling credentials. Or maybe he does have that. I don't know. I've I've, I've not googled him. I'm sure someone, uh, one of your mates, shout out to your mates, is gonna fucking tell me that I'm wrong, and um, I'm gonna be sitting there going like, yeah, well, yeah, well, at least I was brave enough to be wrong in public. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, I mean, who knows? He did well, and uh, all he needs is new ring gear. And I think you may be on to something. I don't even cut a promo. Fuck knows, man. I barely know him. I barely know the boy. So, you know, fucking Darby and JD Drake match was an absolute banger. don't know who the fuck JD Drake is, but he looked good in that <laughs> match. And they've put him in a stable with Cesar Bononi and B-Dolph. These three guys, I think, just keep an eye on them. Some good stuff will come out of those three guys. And then next week we've got fucking Darby Allen taking on Matt Hardy in a TNT title match. So he's living up to his word. He's putting that TNT title on the line pretty regularly now. Good shit. Right, so the next thing was the Pinnacle uh, Inner Circle kind of fucking stuff going on. So the Pinnacle have locked the Inner Circle in their dressing room. So they start breaking their way out the door by smashing the middle of the door instead of, you know hitting the lock like a normal person would to break the lock and open the door. They've decided, why don't we just break the middle of the door and climb through all this splintered wood? So, there you go. Fucking great idea. <laughs> so, they're battering the door down and we've got Jericho getting his arse kicked in the ring by the pinnacle and they're going to throw him from the ring through a table. And all of a sudden, Mike Tyson pops out to lead a fucking all-stramash wrestling. So he comes out, the fucking inner circle come out, there's a big stramash, the pinnacle get chased away, and Jericho and Tyson make up, they have a big cuddle in the ring, and you know what man, I'm happy with this, it was fun, it was all stramash wrestling, it was a good laugh, it was good to see Mike Tyson, and uh, he's looking fucking good, but he's in phenomenal shape, and yeah, that's all i got to say about that. Right, so fucking Chris Jericho got jumped by the pinnacle, and he deserved it. 
See, that's what you get when you say you're in a stable, but you all come in at the start of the show in different cars. The Pinnacle are smart. They come in on one jet, so they all come in together and they all have to leave together. Mm-hmm. Inner Circle do what they want and they pay the price for it. They all came in in different cars. They split up, they do what they want. Pinnacle broke them up and just fucking laid the smackdown on Jericho. So now I'm wondering if Mike Tyson gets involved in Blood and Guts match, then who does the Pinnacle get on their team? Do they get Snoop Dogg or do they get Shaq? Do you think they're the ones who have abducted Shaq and they're keeping him locked away knowing that this could happen and they'll bring him out? <laughs> like a genie Definitely. of all. That's what's happening. That is what's happening. Yeah. Maybe. Right, so the next match was the Bunny versus Ty Conti. And I enjoyed this match, man. I thought it was really good. It was two wrestlers that I really enjoy watching and Ty wins with a DDT and she's still number one contender and I'm starting to think she might fucking win the belt. We're going to get a face versus face title match and why not, man? Why the fuck not? Put the belt on her and give her a fucking run with it. She's good. She's getting better. She's got the Dark Order hang as well. Why not? Strike while the iron is hot, as they say. And then that leads us to the main event of the evening. We've got Kenny and the Good Brothers versus John Moxley and the Young Bucks. John Moxley with the Young Bucks, first off, is a fucking weird sight. And uh, we figure out why it's a weird sight towards the end of the match when they turn the cunt. So the only bit where I was like, these guys are working as a team was when they did their like, three-man synchronised dive to the outside, which was pretty cool. Um, there was a moment where Matt Jackson cannot bring himself to superkick Kenny Omega. Uh, so Kenny slaps him in the face until he starts hitting him back. Kenny hits Matt Jackson with a Snapdragon duplex and your t-shirts in the post. Kenny, you must be getting bored of getting these t-shirts, man. We keep sending them. You keep doing them and we keep sending them. And then Moxley has to tag himself in because the Bucks won't finish Kenny off. Phrasing. So Moxley hits Kenny with two paradigm shifts and a rear naked chokehold and he cinched it in and the Bucks... Fucking super kick John Moxley's block off. Eddie Kingston comes flying in for the save, and the Good Brothers beat the living shit out of him. And the Young Bucks, they've done it. They've turned heel. Thank fuck, man. Um, so I guess this whole Young Bucks turn against Kenny thing was a swerve. I don't understand why they've done like a one week swerve instead of just make them turn heel last week, striking while the iron's hot and all that. But fuck, who knows, man? Who knows? But they've done it. Better late than never. I mean, the whole... The highlight of the whole match for me, other than them turning the cunt, obviously, was Don Callis on commentary. Ugh, the man is such a cunt. He's fucking great. Uh, the match itself was good. It wasn't great. I felt like I've seen all this before. Uh, I We kind of need to move past John Moxley and mates versus Kenny and mates. That's my opinion. I'm getting a bit samey with it. It's every week's the same. But... If it wasn't for that heel turn at the end, I would have been like, what was the point of this match? Do you know what I mean? But then that did solidify like, okay, something new's happening. This is interesting. There was a reason for this match. I mean, it's cool that we've got the Elite, aka the Bullet Club, all back together. I mean, I don't know how cool you are with the Bullet Club stuff. I mean, I'm I'm okay with it. And they're rehashing New Japan stuff from what, fucking five, six years ago. Or whatever. 
But I guess if it's the long sell to get Hangman Page over as champ, then it's going to be worth it. And I just kind of want to see them run through the roster a wee bit instead of just being stuck in this, like, Kenny versus John Moxley thing. Let's just move past this. Get them doing an undisputed era. Get them running through people and go from there. Let's hear your thoughts. So it turns out the Young Bucks are cunts after all. <laughs> John Moxley should have trusted his instinct and not repaid the favour at all. Mm-hmm. Moxley should have just fucked them off. So do you think all of the elite are now there, or do you think we've got any more members joining Don and the boys? Do you think Cody? Do you think Cody Rhodes has got to come in and join yeah. with him? Or do you think Cody will come in and join Moxley? And Cody's got to be like the cocky face. We want to boo him, but we can't because he's the face with John Moxley. I have no idea. Cody is just like Cena for me now. Yeah. He's good, he's a face. We all know he's good. But we want him to have that big heel turn that's just not going to happen. But then again, Cody is busy with QT and his factory boys. Yeah, I think that's keeping him out. So that can't happen. Mm-hmm. The other thing, what about Brandon Cutler? He was with the Young Bucks. Yeah. They were all pals. Is he just going to get fucked off? Maybe. Or do you think he could join them? Do you think Brandon Cutler could turn heel? And he'll get a wee fucking rub off the boys, a wee rub off Don. <laughs> I'd like to see Brandon Cutler kicking about, but I think he's just going to be a casualty. They're going to make an example of him and just fuck him up. Yeah, maybe you're right. What did you make of the past two weeks, mate? I fucking really enjoyed the past two shows. Mm-hmm. Excited for next week. We've got a good card coming up. What are you saying? I enjoyed this week, and I really enjoyed the week before. The week before, I thought, was like a real kind of bring, like a callback to me of like, yeah, you know what? We don't need to finish on Kenny Omega's band of fucking Starfish Island boys every week. We don't need to finish on a Stramash every week. We don't really know who's what. We don't really need to finish on that. We can finish on other people, finishing a storyline, and it being really emotional and cool. And I kind of like, I always think about the Attitude Era and everyone had something going on. And at any point in the Attitude Era, you could be like, what's fucking Val Venus up to? And then you'd know exactly what he was up to, who he was feuding with, what was going on in the storyline. You could tell me anything about Val Venus, right? And Val Venus was not exactly top-tier material, do you know what I mean? No offence to Val Venus. Um, but he wasn't exactly Austin, was he? <sighs> Same with, like, anyone. Like, anyone on the card. Like, Viscera. You knew what Viscera was up to all the time. Mark Henry. All these kind of guys who were just like... They were mid-card guys, but they all had something going on, and I like when AEW are doing something like that. So the week before, the, uh, the arcade anarchy, that really showed me that, you know what, this was great and really refreshing. And then come back this week, and you kind of get regular programming in a bit. But the fact that it was a heel turn, and it wasn't a stramash, it was just a, this has happened, and fucking deal with it. I like that. Um, I think I want it to end... I want Astromashes in the middle of the show, not the end, is what I'm trying to say. But, yeah, two good shows. One great show, one good show. That's probably the way I put it. Right, so next week we've got a TNT Championship match. Darby Allen taking on Matt Hardy in a Falls Count Anywhere match. I think Matt Hardy could win this by paying off somebody with his big money Matt mm. montage. What do you think? Who do you think will take the belt? Do you think Darby will retain or will Matt be a new... TNT champion. I'm going to say it. I mean, everyone thinks Darby's going to retain. I'm going to say Matt wins it. I'm going to say Matt wins it. Imagine having the TNT champion at the at the top of this fucking big cash money thing. Like, 
it legitimizes the whole thing. So fuck it. It's a left field shot. I'm gonna say Matt Hardy wins. Surprise win. We've also got a tag team belts on the fucking line with the Young Bucks taking on Death Triangle mm-hmm. or two members of the Death Triangle. So what jangle happen there? I reckon the Young Bucks will retain and the Death Triangle will go off and face the best friends in their six on six or three on three match, sorry. The Young Bucks will go on and they'll fight SCU because they're the next challengers for the belts after the Death Triangle. And I think the Young Bucks are going to cheat to win against the SCU. And that'll break up the SCU and they'll be raging that they need to split up because they got cheated out of the win. So it could be a bit of aggro there. It'll be mental. Watch watch out for that one. Like a month down the line, mm-hmm. Young Bucks will beat SCU with a cheat and SCU will be raging that they need to break up because mm-hmm. of it. What's your thoughts? Well, before that, what's your thoughts on the match? Do you think the Young Bucks will get it or do you think Death Triangle will win? Mate, I hate when you're doing the predictions first because I'm so easily swayed. I'm like a fucking paper bag in the wind. But um, I, I mean, I, I did think, I did originally think the Death Triangle were going to win. If you'd asked me that two weeks ago, I would have said that. But today, after that heel turn, Young Bucks have to retain. I think that keeps them solidified in the group as... It, because we need there to be less tension now for them to be real heels. So Young Bucks retaining, Kenny's like, thank fuck, we still got the best tag team in the group. And them cheating to beat SCU, fuck me, that's such a good show. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm going to say Young Bucks retain. Uh, the SCU stuff, I've been convinced today. I've been converted to believing that's probably going to happen. But uh, yeah, Young Bucks to win. We've also got Red Velvet versus Jade Cargill. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get any of this, but it's just going to be a Jade Cargill win. Yeah. What are you thinking? Exactly the same. The last match I've got here is Chris Jericho versus Dax of the Pinnacle. Mm-hmm. And I missed a point earlier when Jericho was slagging off the FTR. Yeah. And he said that even he doesn't know which is which. <laughs> so it's not only us that's got this problem. I don't know who Cash is, who Dax is. Oh. And I think during this match, the FTR will do a bit of twin magic and swap halfway through the match. Nobody's got to notice, but still, <laughs> Jericho's got to beat whichever one it is that's got to be in the match. Is it Dax, is it Cash? It doesn't matter. Jericho wins. Who do you think's going to pick up the win? Or Mike Tyson is going to be special enforcer or the referee, isn't he? Mm. That's fucking biased then, of course. Jericho's got to win. Yeah. Ah, what's your thoughts? I'm going to give it to fucking Dax. I just think that, like, if you're going to build up tension... I mean, Jericho's too obvious to win, right? So, like, get Dax to cheat. You've got, like, a Mike Tyson thing in there. Get Dax. Like, Mike Tyson's going to swing for Dax, and he ducks, and he Mike Tyson knocks out Jericho. And you've got that kind of, like, feud thing going on again, which would be quite cool. I don't know. I've got a feeling that Dax is going to win somehow. I don't know how, but there's going to be a screwy finish. But um, that twin magic thing is funny as fuck. Two people look fucking absolutely nothing alike, but they got similar names. So somehow the ref's like, yeah, they're the same guy. <laughs> he just shaved his head. <laughs> right, that's my time up for today. Thanks, Mikey, and thanks, friends of the show. But I just got a note. Unfortunately, we're all sold out of the T-shirts now mm-hmm. because we've had to give them all away to Kenny Omega <laughs> just because of the amount of Snapdragon duplexes that he's doing. He's abusing the system and we need to put a cap on the number of t-shirts we can send to any one person 
Yeah. So we'll get more of them in stock. And until next time, take care. Thanks, Randy, mate. Cheers for that. Always good to hear your dulcet tones. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. All you beautiful sweaty marks, you beautiful shaggers out there. Uh, you can catch us, as usual, wherever you get podcasts. You know, because you're listening. We're on all the social medias, all the fucking daft places. Instagram, Snapdragon Duplex, Twitter's Dragon Duplex. Uh, you can find our link tree on the website, www.snapdragonduplex.co.uk. You can get all the episodes there, you can download them all, send them to your maw, do your fucking usual. Yeah, and until next time, take care, have fun, peace out, and I love you all.